Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyke. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merc Zone. Yes. Missing in action once again. That's I mean, ridiculous, yeah. dude. He is at church today. Oh. So he's praising the Lord while we're over here recording. He could have went to church early like you did. He doesn't wake up that early. He could have. He could have been. Sore. We played. We played rec basketball yesterday. I know. I missed and he it. He is I was, a sore man. I was at my dad's helping build his house. I was. I was pretty. I pretty bummed out that I couldn't join. But rain check for sure. But all right, Mike. We have so much to go over today. I say that every week, but this week and especially, we got a hard four topics this week. We have. The, we got to break down the Super Bowl, right? I know we're kind of late to the party, but at, when we record our shows, right, it just wasn't feasible for us to do it. And then we've got, of course, we've got uh, the XFL debuts, right? We've got the Andre Drummond trade, and we've got, of course, another Merckson mock drafts with some surprises that you told me. So we've got a lot of big things coming up and a lot of different things that all kind of revolve around, you know, whether you're Detroit sports team or what have you. But let's let's just start off right off the bat. Super Bowl, Chiefs, Niners, Chiefs get the W, 31-20 or 31-21? 31-20, right? 31-20 Mahomes MVP, whether that's rightful or not, it's whatever. But um, I think the big story coming out of this game is the Niners really blowing it, right? I think that's the big thing I think that everyone's talking about is that, you know, Kyle Shanahan once again dropping the ball where you just go, I don't know what the hell just happened, right? You're up by 10, middle of the fourth quarter. You just got an interception. All you got to do is run the ball. All you got to do is run the football. And and you're the best at doing it, and yet you drop the ball. And you try to throw the football. So, Mike, just give me your overall impressions of what, after watching the game, what did you leave and just go, I don't I don't understand what just happened? Or are you just like, what? what is your biggest takeaway from the game? Um, I guess... We can look at a lot of things, but it's more of why, when you have such an efficient running game, yeah. do you switch over to, let's pass the ball. And you see it twice in yeah. four years, because you see it when Atlanta did it against yeah. New England, where you go, you have an eight-point lead, the ball's at the 20-yard line, all you have to do is run the clock out, kick a field goal, and you're Super Bowl champs. Right. And yet you're like, let me just pass it into the end zone to have the ability to get a sack or an interception right. to like right. lose the game right. slowly throw caution to the wind yeah, yeah. like you're you're tr- entrusting Jimmy Garoppolo who is the weaker part of your team not to say that he's bad or anything yeah. but he is definitely when you compare the whole team right. the weakest part of the team oh yeah um to just go okay we're going to give you the keys here take us to the promised land when you're already up 11 right. and you can just run the clock out at that right. point right. i think it's kind of idiotic and right. i think it's going to like be one of those haunting factors right. over him. Right, and, and, and I think the biggest thing, too, it's about that, and, and this is why I look at um, I look at San Francisco, and this is a team I feel like, and we talked about this a little bit on our uh, Quick Hitter Episode 7 when we previewed the game, mm-hmm. where we said that this was kind of a weird time for, for the NFL in the way that the playoffs kind of shook out, right? Kansas City did not have to play Baltimore or New England to get to the Super Bowl, right? They had to play Houston and Tennessee. The, the Niners, same thing, right? They didn't have to play Seattle and New Orleans. They played Green Bay and Minnesota. Those kind of – it never shakes out like yeah. that. We never see that happen where we see major upsets throughout wild card divi- and divisional rounds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We, we've never seen that before in such a long time. So the team like the Niners, where you're going to have Eric Armstead – and um, and what's and DeForest Buckner, right? You're gonna have to pay one of those guys, which yeah. means one of them is leaving. You could possibly be losing both of your starting safeties. You could be possibly losing one of your cornerbacks this year. Jason Verrett, another guy, he was on a one-year deal. You you could possibly be losing Joe Staley. Emmanuel Sanders is a free agent this year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's a lot of different pieces, especially with the Niner team, in a division where you have Seattle, yeah. where you have the Rams who potentially could be back, right? Mm-hmm. You never know. And you've also got an Arizona team that is trying to rebuild, thinks they have their quarterback. You know, they may only be a couple pieces away from being contender again. The division is so highly contested. I, I just felt like this was the year for the Niners that they were yeah. going to get it done. Do you, you, you kind of share my sentiment there? Yeah, because I don't know how many times, true through, you'll, you'll go through Seattle and right. just like kind of like right, them. just or just skirt around them. They were one yard away from not being the number one seed. Yeah, it was that close. Yes, and it's just those factors of Seattle beat you once and then you're a yard away. Mm-hmm. Like you're you have to play Russell Wilson twice. Yeah, no matter what. No matter what. Right. Um. So I don't, and especially after how their rivalry is, mm-hmm. they might be the opening game next year. Oh, yeah. Like because they usually pick one of the hotter rivalries and have them yep. do a yeah. Packers, Packers, Packers Bears, Bears, something like that. Or, yeah. Uh, for Patriots, sure. Chiefs were yep. the one a couple years ago. So they might start the season off with that. So do you want to start the season off against Russell Wilson yeah. and then probably end it with Russell Wilson? Right. Trying to fight the division. I wouldn't. Right. Arizona's tough. You have Kyler Murray running around, and yeah. if they get Jerry Judy, mm-hmm. that's going to be a tough outing. And then the Rams. So it's going to be it's going to be a tough it's a tough plus, position. To plus win. or minus, time, yeah. really depending so, on what you hear. I think I think uh, for long term success, you yeah. look at Kansas City and you go, you got the Raiders. They're good. Not great. Good, not then, great. Right. You have the Chargers, who don't really have a quarterback right now, yep. so what are they? Yep. And, and then the Denver's Broncos, rebuilding. Broncos Denver's... are rebuilding with yep. a quarterback they think is there and a defense they think is there, right. but nothing's really there. And Kansas City's like, yeah, we're just going to go 13-3 every year now. Right. So right. with how easy and hard the divisions are, I think it had to be the 49ers yeah. here. Yeah, right. And you know, and you know what's funny is when we previewed the game, you really did sell me on the night. I still picked the Chiefs just because I can't go on the Garoppolo train, but you really had me contemplate. I was like, man, I, I, you look Look at it and you go, offensive line, defensive line, secondaries, everything except for quarterback mm-hmm. and, and and maybe coaching, just depending on your and your experience yeah. level, right? You could say was in the Niners' favor. Mm-hmm. Everything. Running back, receivers, I think is a toss-up just based off how they're used and the schemes that yeah. they're put in. But, I mean, outside of Mahomes versus Garoppolo and then maybe Andy Reid slash Eric Bellamy and, 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 and Kyle Shanahan, you go... Man, that's a that's mm-hmm. you know it's 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 really looking towards the Niners. So the fact that they had such a lead and they went away from it, where do the Niners go from here? We just talked about all the things that they could possibly lose. They're still going to be a favorite next yeah. year. I mean, you just look at the, the running game is there. You have a lot of young pieces still. Garoppolo's, you know, I don't think Garoppolo's going to get any better necessarily, mm-hmm. but I think he is what he is, and they can win with that. Running backs are young. You know, they're going to have to pay them at some point. You think. Yeah. Um, you know the defensive line for the most part still pretty young. Yeah. You know you've got some pieces defensively still. I mean, what is their future outlook going for? I mean, what is you know are are you if you're a Niners fan, are you scared? Are you excited for the future, or are you like I don't know? I mean, it, for the immediate future, yeah. as in the upcoming season, you have a relatively easy schedule going yeah, through. Yeah, for sure. Um, they do have to play all the one seeds. Mm-hmm. Seattle gets the two seeds. But you get the AFC East and then the NFC South, right. which have the bottom two in the NFC South a week, and usually the bottom three in the AFC <laughs> week. And you don't even know what the Patriots are going to be, right? You have no they idea. They were very good last year, right? So they, I don't know if they fall off a cliff here or right. whatever. Or, Bra- or they just give Brady a whole bunch of weapons and then they're and back then they're to being what they are again. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> no one really knows what they are, and then you usually know what Miami, the Jets, yeah. and the Bills normally are. They're yeah. just right. either good or less and solid mm-hmm. teams sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the Niners are still the second best team in that division. Yeah. Um, behind Seattle, only because Russell Wilson can mm-hmm. pull off some stuff happening. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that 
with that, I think the 49ers can make it back because I also think the NFC is kind of top-heavy, but mm-hmm. very, like, top right. 14. Right, top heavy. yeah, there's a lot. Very, It's very crowded, yeah. right at the very tippy-tippy top. Yeah. And then there's a whole bunch of just average. Yeah, like, I think I think the 49ers, I think the only teams that beat out the 49ers are probably the Saints, maybe. Seahawks, yeah. and... Vikings or Packers, maybe. I don't even say that honestly. I don't, it's, it's team the, I don't see this think, team in the so NFC North. Like three, got it. Yeah, yeah, there's three teams. So if anything, I think you can slide into the wild card yeah. very easily. Oh yeah. Um. So I, I think, think I think I think you're right on the money. I think it's Seattle, San Francisco, and New Orleans. But even New Orleans has shown the propensity to be like the ultimate regular season team. Yeah. And then, and then completely yeah. blow it every so single year. So I don't year. I don't really know who else is there besides them two fighting. Those for are it. Year. I think those are it. So, honestly, I don't think there's um, another team in the NFC worth. Like the consideration of oh yeah they're they're like yeah, they're, they're there yeah, yeah they're not there so no. um I think the 49ers, at least in the immediate mm-hmm. future with their schedule and mm-hmm. how the NFC is looking right now I yeah. think it's a very plausible chance that they can right. um get back and possibly even repeat making it to the Super Bowl again yeah if with they, that running game as long as it stays there that, that that's their bread and butter they just can't get away from it that's yeah, the biggest that thing. Is, yeah. now let's let's talk about the Chiefs you know outplayed I would say for the first three quarters of the game you know yeah I mean they didn't their offense didn't look what it was really I think they ran the ball more than I've ever seen them run the ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Mahomes was kept in check. At one point his stat line was gross, 0 and two interception to touchdown ratio. Um and you look at it and you just go you know, uh, it just seemed like Mahomes wasn't going to get through it. And then the big fourth quarter happens, 21 answered points. They're there. He's MVP. Um, get, give me your outlook for the Chiefs. You know, Andy Reid finally gets his first Super Bowl. The monkeys off their back kind of thing. Where I feel like this team also was in a similar situation. Not necessarily that they couldn't get back, but it's like, all right, we're never going to have an easier road to the Super yeah. Bowl than this year. I, we didn't have to play Baltimore. You know I, what I, mean? I think they're gonna they're hitting a. Um, a Patriot-esque division. Like oh, I yeah, said, right now the division is terrible. So yeah. I think that even... I, I always look at, like, shots at the dartboard, mm-hmm. and I think that even if they're not going to make the Super Bowl every year... They'll every be there. Year, They'll be in the conversation. They'll be AFC Championship game, at worst, AFC Divisional game, mm-hmm. every single year for the next 10 or 15 years. Mm-hmm. And with all those shots, some, th- some things are going to go your way, mm-hmm. and you're probably gonna, they'll probably make the Super Bowl... Four out of the next three out of the next ten years, yeah. I would say. Yeah. You probably get Baltimore a few times in there yeah. with Lamar Jackson, how that goes. Patriots might make it there again or something. Mm-hmm. And then possibly the Texans that they can pull out a run maybe yeah. or something. But yeah. I think it's Kansas City and Baltimore in the foreseeable future for the right. next couple years. Yeah, young quarterbacks, a different way of doing things, yeah. right? No one really has figured out the offensive scheme now for yeah. two straight years. It's kind of one of those things where you go, you, you kind of feel that, right? Yeah. Are you concerned at all with the outlook of Kansas City being, okay, you're going to pay Mahomes a bajillion dollars, yeah. right? That Not so much cap space because I'm very much, if you need to sign a guy, you can make the cap work. That's, that's not my point. But my point being is that you're gonna probably you've already paid. I think you've already paid Terry Kill once. You're probably gonna have to pay him again. You've already they've already pretty much said they're probably not gonna re- keep Sammy Watkins, right? Yeah. That's your number two. You got Kelsey still there. The offensive line ain't getting younger by any means, right? Oh, yeah. I think you need a fixture at left tackle. I don't think Eric Fisher's the guy there, but the defensive side of the ball, you don't really out of you signed a big money contract with with uh, Tyron Matthew, mm-hmm. right? You've got Frank Clark on the edge, right? You've got um, the who's their nose to who's their defensive Chris tag? Jones. Chris Jones, right? But then after that, you got a whole bunch of average. Yes. After that, right? Are you concerned at all that the priority is still always going to be the offense, where you're just going to hope to piece together with maybe a highlight or two somewhere else in that secondary, yeah. where you go, 
all right, we just got to make the most overpowered offense we can and invest all the resources there? Or do you sense a change in philosophy? It goes, okay, we have Mahomes, right? This offense is what brings us to the dance. But if we can have a defense play over their head, like they did in the Super Bowl, where you go, all right, just don't give up the big play and we can and we can mm-hmm. win a championship. Are, are, do you see that happening? Or do you think it's still going to be all chips to the center? It's see, Mahomes, everything to set up Mahomes. This team is set up very interestingly, yeah. where I think they can almost do what the Patriots do in a way where they have Mahomes, so you have your guy now for the next 12 years or whatever. So now I think that, like, you'll have Sammy Watkins. Okay, let's just draft a fourth-round guy who Who just runs really fast. Who runs really fast, (laughs) and that's our – because their skill set isn't, like, how, like, you're like, oh, we need this big 6'6 receiver here, and we need a small slot receiver here. It's all about space. It's all just about space and speed. Mm -hmm. So I think you can find that just about anywhere. So I think what their game plan is, and I think it works very well, is you have Mahomes, you know you can put up 30 if you have to. So the defense can go bend but don't break as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And if you let up 21, 28 points, hopefully Kansas City can put 31 on you, and that's how you win games. Right outscore them right so i don't think you really have to invest a lot in your defense Mm -hmm. i just think you need a good enough defense to hold yeah 28 points right which is a lot but i think yeah for sure yeah it's like that do you think um do you think a guy you know do you think that they would do anything you know where are you concerned that mahomes you know because he makes the world go round in that in that air in that Mm -hmm. field right are you concerned that that the chiefs at some point will run into the similar situation like the Rams are the past season where it's like, all right, your offense kind of got figured out a little bit. Now, I'm not comparing Goff to Mahomes. Those are two different levels of of ability, right, clearly. Um, But the Rams there for a while, they were averaging like 34 points a game. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Gurley was on top of the world. They were in the Super Bowl, blah, 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 blah. But, and then obviously Super Bowl, you know, they lost all their pieces and now they're just, you know, they're an average team. Are you concerned at all with, with teams going, all right, you know, because there was a little bit of a lull there in the beginning of the season. You know, right after they played Detroit, it felt like all right, everyone kind of did the same thing the Lions did mm-hmm. with some better success. The Colts beat them. You know, they had a couple. You know, Mahomes went yeah. down obviously, but are you concerned at all with people going? All right, there's enough tape where how much more creative can they get? Or are you just like, yeah, it's not. It's, it's Andy Reid. It's a different. It, it's, it's different. It's tough because I think the difference with the Rams is I think run heavy teams have a lot harder chance yeah. at being long-term successful yeah. because it's easier to stop the run than stop the pass. Absolutely. When you stop the run, you go, let's just put eight guys in the box yeah. and have our two good corners yep. on their receivers yep. and go golf, make those throws. Yeah. Where I think Kansas City can go five wide yeah. with guys like Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, and Pringle, yeah. and you have all the speed everywhere, and you don't have that speed, and you go, okay, you're going to sit back for 12 seconds of pocket and make a read and throw the ball. It's yeah. kind of what Russell Wilson does, except they have a good running game also. Right. Right. But it's like when they need to – down in the fourth quarter right. by seven, they go, okay, Russell, you're going to go five wide. you got Ty Rock and go Anthony Metcalf <laughs> and, go. and just run routes and do <laughs> stuff and run around in the pocket and find somebody. Right. And that's something that's very hard to stop is yeah. the guy running around in the pocket mm-hmm. for 12 seconds and throwing. Because as we're Lions fans, we know Aaron Rodgers can just sit back for eight seconds yeah. and find somebody. Right. You get the best coach in the world, but if you're not getting any pressure exactly. anywhere, you just yeah. at some point so, uh, someone's going to be open. I think that they're going to have a little – I think they're going to have more success than the Rams. One, because – their division's a lot easier. Yep. So yep, no I think, doubt. I think yep, they have sure. five wins in their division right now mm-hmm. next year yeah. instead of the Rams probably having two to three wins right. with how tough theirs is. Right. Um, but I just think that throwing the ball, if you have a very good passing game, can overlook the run game. Yeah. Because in the run game, you just go put eight guys there in the box right. and what, what are you going to do? do? Right. You can't really do much after that. Right. But passing right. game, you can spread people out and yeah. 
route combinations and it gets it gets it's crazy. It's very for hard sure. to stop. For sure, absolutely. All right, let's shift now. Let's shift from the NFL and let's talk XFL, XFL. here for the next eight or nine minutes here because I, I really want to talk about this because I, the debut of the XFL happened uh, as of this recording Saturday. Um, you know, you'll see more games on Sunday, obviously. But um, the biggest thing, right? It's a completely different presentation, I would say, 100%. right? I think. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be one to be Super Bowl, but I I loved it. I really enjoyed the presentation of the XFL. I thought they did a really nice job of allowing the fan to feel so much more immersed within the game. Right? You felt like you were you were hearing calls, you were hearing all the stuff with the live mics, with the coaches, with um, with the players, the interview stuff with the players, seeing what's going on at the adjustments at halftime. You know. Uh, hearing coaches go, listen, they're going to run a lot more screens. And then you go to the other locker room and goes, hey, screen game's working. We're going to keep running screens. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the To be able to see those adjustments being made on the fly, hearing coaches after big plays go, hey, great job, or wow, we got really lucky on that. Great mm-hmm. job. And, you know, those kinds of things really, really, really made it for a fun experience, I think, for the fan. What, what did your takeaway from the from the opening weekend? Oh, I loved just about every second yeah. of the first game. Yeah. I missed the second game. I actually yeah. watched it on replay. Yeah. Um, but everything from the kickoff looks beautiful. Like There's some very, setup. There's yeah. Some, yeah, I feel like there's going to be some more creativity as the time yeah, goes on. I'm interested that. to see how many kick return touchdowns you'll get from yeah. that mm-hmm. because it looks very hard from how close they are. Yeah, because you're just like, like, I got to hope there's a hole somewhere. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you got to open up a hole somewhere, but then you have guys like moving backwards. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. you have to, it's like weird. So I don't know how many kick returns you're going to get, yeah. but you'll definitely get kick return every single time yep. they kick the ball, which right. is very the nice. The potential to see. of a um, touchdown. I think right. the games get more interesting, especially. If you find the team that you're rooting for, yeah, because you're down eight points or right. seven points or something, you never really feel like you, you're out of it. Yeah, because yeah. in because you could be down twelve yeah. and you're only down, you can get the touchdown, a three point conversion, and then right. you kick a field goal, you're right yeah. back in it. Right. But even when you're down seven in the NFL, you score the touchdown, it's like okay, so now we just tied the game going overtime before yeah. the extra points even kicked. Yeah. Now it's like okay, what play are we gonna run to get this two point conversion or three right, to point, win the or game to like right. win the game or even just to tie the game? Yeah. It's not just a gimme anymore. Yeah. So yeah. everything just keeps the game exciting. The players are like good enough. To make the game very fun to watch. Let's t- let's talk about that real quick because I think that is a fundamental difference between when we talk about the AAF and, yes. and this is that I do feel there is enough former NFL talent that you can kind of pinpoint. I, I the DC game, Eli Rogers sticks out to me because he was a Pittsburgh Steeler for a while yeah. there. You know, um, Cardell Jones was out. There are guys in this league that you can point to and go, oh, I remember him, mm-hmm. right? And oh yeah, I can't believe he's still around, right? Like. You know, on Sunday we're gonna see uh, the uh, Landry Jones, Jones right, yeah. or for for Dallas or whatever, right? You're gonna see guys like Robert Turbin for St. Louis, right? Or you've seen guys where you go, I remember he was on Pittsburgh, he was in Seattle, or oh my gosh, he used to play for Lions, remember him, or whatever the case may be. I think there's just enough mm-hmm. of that. I didn't think the gameplay was overly like. I didn't think it was a major step. It clearly, it's a step down from yeah. the NFL, right? But I didn't think it was so much of a step down where you go, wow, we're definitely watching semi-professional football. Yeah. I still felt like you've got enough oomph in there. I feel like you have right. I feel like you have enough NFL coaches, mm-hmm. you know, that have had NFL coaching experience where you go, this this could work. Yeah. I legitimately well, think I think, this could I work. think this opening weekend did a good job of pitting like. I think they just got really lucky with the draft. Yeah. But you pitted 
a team with like Cardell Jones against a newer guy. Yeah, right. So now you're building this right. newer guy because right. you don't, like no one really knew who the um yeah, like, dragon. Sounds like we're talking about wrestling, doesn't it? it like it does. you're, you're gonna we have the established guy. We're gonna build this guy yeah. over here. But it was, yeah, because you have Cardell Jones who <laughs> yeah, right. won a national championship five years ago. Right. So like every when you hear Cardell Jones or Landry Jones or whatever yeah. it is, you're like, oh, that rings a bell. Like right. I remember listening yeah. about this guy, and then. The Dragons quarterback was yeah. like, what's his yeah. name again? Who's like, he? Right. Who's he? But when you're watching, you're like, okay, so when they're on offense, I can watch him. Now I have this new guy I'm watching yes. and see how that works yes. out. Exactly. So it gives you intrigue to go into the game to watch it. Yep. And then also it's like, oh, but I'm also learning this new guy and like how right. he runs his right. offense and everything. Exactly. So right. it, was, it was a good mix of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the interviews in between plays and yeah. coaches, and you can hear the. Man, coaches. you could see him on the field. Like they had a pick. I think DC had a pick six, and then like you see the reporter trying to get like words yeah. with the guy. Like right, of course they have no idea who the hell she is, but yeah. I just thought it was funny. Like they are really trying to make the viewer feel like you're, you're right, right here. You're right here. You hear the calls going into the to the huddle, and then you hear them talking to the receivers, and hear coaches talk, and then you hear the quarterback calling out the plays and all that stuff like. I really, really thought that it was one of the... I mean, it was different. Don't get me wrong, right? And that may be one of the things where you just feel like, man, that was just different. That was fun. You know what I mean? Um, but I also just kind of felt like it just... I don't know. I just feel like there's things that the NFL... Could, like, I feel like if you heard that going into a play, you know, like if you're watching a Lions game, you go, why the hell are they run it on third and 15? Or mm-hmm. like that. And you go, hey, we're, we got to play it safe here. You know, we got eight minutes. You know, we'll get the ball back. And, you know, yeah. if you heard some of the coach's logic or something like that, I feel like that would... <clears throat> Excuse me. Kind of clear out some of the mystery sometimes of like, why in the world do they run a screen there? You yeah. know what I mean? Or what are they doing? Or mm. why are they not throwing the ball in this? Whatever the case may be, right? Like in the Super Bowl, how much better if you're an Irish fan do you go instead of throw instead of running the ball three straight times, you know, to kill some clock for Shannon? Go, hey, listen, we're, we got to go for the dagger right now. They're putting eight in the box. We got man to man coverage. You mm. know, let's go take a shot right here. If you heard that kind of rationale, yeah. I feel like as a Niners fan, you go. I get it. You may not be happy with the decision, but at least you could then understand it and go, I understand where their mindset was. I don't Mm. agree with it, but at least I understand. You know what I mean? And having that viewpoint. I mean, what did you think? The only thing I think the NFL or the XFL didn't achieve was the games didn't go much faster. It was still around three hours per game. I know that was something that Vince McMahon tried to emphasize was that they tried to make the games a little bit faster, shorter half times, but it still felt like a normal NFL amount of game I yeah. felt like I didn't really feel like it went they, very, I, a lot faster than I, they had to get some time to really like to get with the receiver like yeah. quarterback to receiver because I think their thing was every play is going to be some big bomb play mm-hmm. and everything yeah, it was and it wasn't not, like that but no. I don't think like the quarterbacks are comfortable with the receivers enough to mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. really air it out more than what they were doing Yeah, so I think it's going to take some time to really like get all of that situated yeah. and get the gameplay going because mm-hmm. I feel like when the gameplay feels more crisp and like the receivers are more on target, and the quarterbacks yeah. are throwing better and yeah. stuff. If there's a season two, I think the play will be better than yeah. season one. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and I, I do think there will be yeah. at least a season two, if not longer. And I, and I honestly think too. I think there was just enough scoring, at least yeah. from the first two games that we were able to watch. Right? Is that I thought at one point it was like twelve to thirteen or something like that, which is weird to think that's the score, you know. But like, I also felt like there was enough scoring to make it feel like, all right, any team you're, you're still in it, yeah. But not so much scoring where I'm like, man, there is no defense yeah. at all in this is arena because I think that was a concern for some. It's like, man, they're just gonna try to, you know, just 
throw it a million yards and this is going to get hokey, right? Yeah. There, there does need to see, feel like some semblance of defense is being played out there where the defense can go make plays or like that. But as we saw, you know, defensive touchdowns happen, right? We had a couple pick sixes. We had a blocked punt recover yeah. for a touchdown. There were things happening where you go, all right, all three phases are playing a part in this, which is what you wanted, especially from an opening weekend. I don't think they could have asked for a better opening weekend no. than what they had. No, I really absolutely. don't. I think it really it came off well. There wasn't a lot of technical issues. I really think they hit it out of the park. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I think it was I really hope there's I really hope there's more. As long as St. Louis Battlehawks aren't go like 0 and 10. Because <laughs> we're, we're gonna come on next week, but the XFL sucks. No. Yes. <laughs> they need to win. Yeah, right. Or at least be Presentable. I don't know. Yeah. We got to throw in Samoan, or what was that his name? Yeah, throwing Samoan, Jordan Taamu. So <laughs> that's awesome. We got this. That's still the best. That's still the best nickname by far. Um, real quick, too. What do you think about the commentary? I kind of, I actually liked it. Greg McElroy, like, especially in the uh, original game, and then uh, what's his name? Joe Clad. Joe Clad. The second game. I was pumped. Yeah, I was really yeah, happy with the that. Fox games. Yeah, I was really pumped. happy with that. Um, the commentary was good. They do talk a lot of the spreads and everything, which I find is interesting. Yeah, like, it's like the Vegas thing yeah. where they're like, yeah, see this? They're favored by nine and a half and yeah. they're not covering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all that's, it's just everything's really yeah. good. Yeah, I, I yeah, really, I really, really enjoyed it. Well, well, obviously, as the time goes on, we see the playoffs and, and, all, that, and all that kind of stuff as we kind of, the, the season shakes out, we'll definitely keep everybody updated. All right, after the break, we've got a Merc Zone mock draft, one for the ages. We're going to hit this mock draft extremely hard, going to super big depth because there's a lot of stuff happening. And then, of course, we're going to talk the big talk, especially in the Detroit sports world, the Andre Drummond trade. Why it's good, why it's bad, why you should love it, why you should hate it. All that after the break. Stick around. Hey guys, it's the Mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendyke, and I've been talking to you guys for so long, but I want you guys to stop what you're doing right now. Stop what you're doing, okay? Go online and go subscribe to the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast YouTube page, all right? I can't tell you how much that, that, that support means to us here on the show. We have so much big news coming your way here in the next couple weeks. I, I'm so excited to tell you, but I can't tell you just yet because we're not just ready, but... If you subscribe to that YouTube page, I promise you guys will be one of the first ones to know. If you go to our website, I'mAlwaysRightPC.com, fill out our contact page. Just be a part of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast family. You know, everybody in our lives, you know, from family members, friends, they've all signed up, right? We're getting a mailing list going. So if you want to know the most recent news, all the updates going on with the show, with all of our cast members, we would love to be the ones to tell you about what's going on with the show, but we want you guys to be the first ones to know. So you guys got to subscribe to the show, and you guys absolutely have to go out and fill out our contact page. Make sure you tell everybody about the show. You want the show to grow. You want the show to travel, do live shows, all that stuff that we want to be able to do. We need that subscriber count to keep on ticking. So please, once again, YouTube.com, look up I'm Always Right Sports Podcast, subscribe to the channel, and I'm Always Right PC.com. Make sure that you guys are absolutely joining on this page. Make sure you share with all your friends. We appreciate the support. Thank you so much. And now here's part two of this week's episode. And welcome back to part two of episode, what are we on, 63, I think? Time. Uh, you keep track. I know. Time flies when we're having fun. All right, yeah. let's just jump right into it, though. Merc Zone Mock Draft Corner. We're going to go super in-depth today. we got a lot of news regarding the number two, number three, number five picks, potentially. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. But first, let's go over the mock draft that Mike has found. He's pulled it up on his phone for us. Tell us, Mike, where is this mock draft coming from and when uh, was it written? Um, this is from draftsite.com. They okay. update it very regularly, actually. 
uh, what's all the, the news today? that comes out every yeah, day. <laughs> they updated it on Friday, February seventh. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, so just a couple days ago. Two days ago from yep. our recording time, probably yep. about three to four days from when you're hearing this. If you hear it on the first day of release. Yep. So Monday, seven a.m. Monday, seven a.m. But some people don't listen on Monday at seven a.m. I know. They might listen on like Tuesdays. So that, that's that's like fine days. too. That's okay. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, anyway. whenever you want to listen to it. Go back. Listen to our archives. All good content. I promise. Okay. <laughs> um, so we will start off. Uh, I'm just gonna say I don't. I haven't seen a single draft in this one, or a trade in this one. Okay. So they all are straight, straight up. up. Okay, yes. so number one. Number Joe, one and two, I think Burrow, we can pretty yeah, easily Young. look over. Yeah, um, Joe, Burrow, Joe Burrow and Chase Young to okay. Cincinnati and Washington. Okay. Stays very constant. Okay, cool. Um, right. um, number three, Lions Detroit. will select. Um, I'm going to keep saying Okuda until they prove me otherwise. Yes, and so you good. were correct. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm betting, like, Okuda. I'm betting like a thousand on these so far. <laughs> you are because it doesn't change it doesn't much. Change, I know. I know. They really want Jeffrey Okuda. Yeah, they. Yeah, they really like it. I know, and the reason why, guys, once again, is, is the fact that um, you know he plays a lot of man-to-man coverage at Ohio State. Right, he was their best cover guy. Lions run a lot of man-to-man. He's probably the best corner in the draft too. Yeah, so sure. you look at a point of need like that. They've never really had a true number two corner in a really long time. If especially if they extend Slay. Um, you know that that seems like an obvious pick. Let's let's take a pause here, real quick here. Um, actually, let's go through four and five, and then and then, okay. we'll, and then we'll talk here. Uh, so number four, the Giants will pick. I'm gonna have oh, you guess boy. on this. I'm, I'm, not, I'm mean, just gonna tell uh, you. I, I don't go, it, I, it's not easy. I know. Is it a tackle? Is it, is it one of the tackles? It's a defensive guy. Oh, it's a defensive guy. Yes. Oh, okay. So, oh, jeez. All right. Um, I'm going to say Derek Brown out of Auburn just because I feel like they need defensive line help. They don't have anybody on the D-line. so. Yes. Well, you are actually incorrect. You're not betting a 1,000 on this anymore. Not- they pick your man, Isaiah Simmons, out of Clemson. I'm telling you, dude. I'm, te- I, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm gonna be real honest. I don't. I think that pick, right, and especially if there's any trades happens before the draft, right, and we're going to talk about this in a second, but um, after the combine, I know this dude's going to tear up the combine. I don't think anybody in their right mind thinks that he's not going to go out there and blow every number out of the water. Yes. I think as far as his bench, as far as his reps, as far as his his 40 time, his coverage, all that stuff, I really think that he is going to be a true guy where everyone's going to go, yeah, he's a top, he's a first-round prospect to being, yeah, he's a top 10, top 5 pick. I really think that's what the combine is going to do for Isaiah Simmons. So it's a great pick for the Giants. They need help everywhere. Yeah. Um, I still think wide receiver is going to be extremely hard for them to pass up. Um, just because you have Saquon, you have uh, Danny Jones, I think you need more weapons for him. And I think that in the spot that you're in, I know that you're not, you're kind of in a spot where it's like take best player available. Yeah. So whatever your best player available is. If that means it's Isaiah Simmons, no doubt. But Jerry Judy staring you in the face like that. That's really, it's going to be really hard. Really hard to pass up. Yeah. The only thing you could argue is the stretch is so, so wide deep, deep. So deep. So deep. Like, you should probably yep, get one guy in the third round. For sure. No doubt. That's yep. high quality. Uh, absolutely. And then number five is Tua Tonga Vailoa, the quarterback out of Alabama. Does Herbert go six to the Chargers? He does not. Wow. What's number six? Uh, Andrew Thomas, offensive tech out of Georgia. Really? Yes. So you're going to protect nobody. Okay, cool. <laughs> yes. Um, all right, let's talk here real quick, though. You said Tua's going to Miami at 5, right? Now, we've heard some rumblings over the past couple days of two very different scenarios, folks, and this will make Lions fans happy. Honestly, either way, we've yes. heard some reports that Miami has been in deep conversations with the Washington Redskins over the number 2 pick. Now, 
Pros of that obviously being that means that they're probably going to take Tua Tagovailoa, which means that Chase Young theoretically would drop down to number three, which I think everybody would presume. I don't think there's anybody in the Lions fan base that would be unhappy with that. Am I correct on saying that? Okay. Um, obviously, the only con to that is is that anybody's trade down scenario where you maybe get an additional first, additional second. I've seen some mocks where they get a second and a third or whatever. Yeah. Those go out the window okay. pretty much immediately. I think the Lions run up as fast as possible with the card unless they get, all right, we're going to offer you 12 first-round picks. I yeah. think so way they trade out of that spot. So we could potentially get Chase Young, and th- that scenario kind of materializes. The other scenario being that my that some people have kind of you know said that that's not really the case with Washington, but they are hearing that some of these NFL insiders, you know, we kind of have to take it as we get it, um, that they are talking to Detroit, that Miami is talking to Detroit about possibly trading to three. Now, if that happens, pro, right, you're trading down to five, right, you're going to obtain a couple more picks, maybe another first, at least a second, right, um, you know, possibly more depending on what you're willing to do. That also means that the Lions have probably done a nice job of at least telling people or trying to hint that maybe Tua is on their draft board. Um, you know, that, that could possibly be a thing. Obviously, the drawback is Chase Young probably goes number two to Washington. And then you probably still have a, a, a shot, at least in this draft. Maybe Isaiah Simmons is gone, but Okuda is right there right for the taking. Mike, in your opinion, based off of those two suggest or scenarios I proposed to you, which one would you rather have? Um, well, I would prefer to have the trade down option okay. and acquire more picks. Okay. Um, because I don't think you're just a defensive end away. No doubt. And I don't. I think no if doubt. you could acquire two first round picks or mm-hmm. or not two first round picks, an extra first and a second, right. or maybe like two seconds right. and a third or right. something in that ballpark you get mm-hmm. a couple more top picks, mm-hmm. I think that you can fill out more of your rosters with Jeff Okuda as the first corner take, and then maybe you take a defense alignment in the middle, and then mm-hmm. in the second round you can maybe, maybe take a receiver or a defensive end or, or something. Like end or yeah, something. Right, right. I think you can kind of fill out more of your mm-hmm. team that way. Um, but if you're super big in the Chase Young camp, I'm not huge in the Chase Young camp right. personally. Yeah. Um, I would rather have Isaiah Simmons or Jeff Okuda over right. uh, Chase Young. Yeah. But I mean, if it came. Are you down saying to, now? Now are you saying? No. Just so we're clarifying, right? If at three Chase Young is there, say say no, no, all three of those guys. You are there. take Chase Young okay. no matter okay. what. Okay. Okay. I got but you. like, right. I would just prefer, want, to, just want to clarify. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I don't think I, I could sit here and say that. Um, yeah. He's he's probably a transitional trans. Yeah, right. Transit. Yeah, right. Yeah. He, yeah, he could be. That's what everyone is comparing him um, to, right? Yeah. But and I don't think that you can even get heat if you take him because no, no matter what you take him and he's a bust, you go everybody, everybody in, the world, in the world was like this dude's going to be legit. Yeah. Right. How did you not, not see it? Yeah. Um everybody else was like I'll take him. So, yeah. yeah. So, um but my dream scenario as it stood ever since um, December 31st when the season ended yeah. was to try to trade down mm-hmm. with anybody and multitude your picks because I think Okuda or Simmons could be your guy yeah. and if those are your guys you can get them at five right right especially if two, if Miami jumps yeah and they go to three uh, and those I, guys it are is, taken it, and that is the one thing right is that you're in a weird spot but you're in a really good spot at the same time because you're you're almost got to be it's it's one of those things to where I think Washington is a team that they're looking at and they go, well, yeah, we have a lot of issues, right? Yes. Especially on the offensive side of the ball. They don't have a great wide receiving core, right? I don't think they have a running back they're really thrilled with right now. I don't think Geis has done anything for them. I don't think – I think P- Peterson's 40, so, you know, they got to be looking to upgrade there. Their offensive line isn't getting any younger. You lost Trent Williams. You're going to lose Donald Penn. Um 
I think if you think Haskins is your guy, then great, but you've got no weapons mm-hmm. outside of Jordan Reed who can never stay healthy. So a lot of different areas of need for Washington. Not saying the Lions don't have a lot of areas of need, but I think Washington is definitely a team that's looking to go, man, maybe we can maybe we can maybe we don't get Chase Young, but maybe we can get Derek Brown. And yeah. then we get Derek Brown, and then we get another first. We can go get a wide receiver on our offensive lineman or, yeah. or whatever the case may be. So if you're a Lions fan, all this is good news. No matter what scenario, either you're going to wind up with, quote-unquote, the top prospect in the draft outside of Joe Burrow, or you're trading down and getting more dart to the dartboard. Yeah. And then everybody loves a trade down in Detroit. Everybody yeah. loves the idea of a trade down, right? Um, but, I mean, is there in any way, shape, or form – where you see the Lions taking Tua at three, or even say that for whatever reason they traded down and Miami does something, something weird and takes Herbert? Um, <laughs> I mean, we absolutely could take Tua. Yeah. I would not be opposed to taking mm-hmm. Tua. Mm-hmm. I think anything right now is on the board because yeah. something is better than nothing. Yeah. Um, but I think worst-case scenario is if you're at three – and no one's like calling you, and you have to pick at three. Yeah, I yeah, think that, that's, that's I, I think that's right on the money. Scenario. Yes, because I think that the like we value Jeff Okuda high, but we also value him at number five and six. Yeah. Also, <laughs> exactly with like, an additional second. <laughs> like, there's no way Chase Young gets past the top three. No, in any nope. any scenario, nope. there's no way someone's either trading up to get Chase Young, yep. or he's going at two. Yep. There's no way you. So he's only valued one through three. We're sitting here going, yeah, we could trade with Carolina at seven. Yeah. And probably still get Jeff Okuda. Right. Which is not good if you're going to pick him at number three. Right. That means and you, you go, you're like, oh, seven. crap. Yeah, right. Like, man, if we can get him seven and still yeah. get... Or Isaiah Simmons picks. has been uh, put at number nine to Jacksonville in a lot of our map drafts. Yeah. So if you pick him at number three you and you could get him at number nine, yeah. that's an awful right. swing. That's six pick swing there. Right. So I think worst case scenario is staying at three and getting a guy that you could... Realistically, yeah, yeah, if, if, yeah if, if somebody were to trade up, you know they're still going to be there at that yeah, spot. Right? I think that's probably your worst case scenario. Yes. It's just pick, like not, not for the fact that you're picking Okuda at three, mm-hmm. but the fact that you could have the ability to trade down, get Okuda at five, right. and then also get this is all, yeah, it's all a wide receiver it's, at It's all very good news of your Lions fans that, yeah. they're, that these conversations, at least that these conversations are happening, because it shows to me that Miami desperately wants a quarterback, right? And they go, yeah. okay, we're going to start this rebuild off the right way. We're going to go get a guy. You know, we've heard rumors that Tua doesn't want to come to Detroit, which, once again, ain't no problem with me. But um, I, I agree. On your draft board, right, it is – is it Okuda at one, right? Like, and we, we talked about this before in previous drafts, um, off air, right? Like, I look at, I liken it to the Eric Ebron draft where they took Ebron at ten, right? Where they said I felt like the Lions at the time, different regime, obviously had Anthony Barr, Justin Gilbert, Eric Ebron, and mm-hmm. as like if you had like an image to put it to an image to it, they had three magnets with names on them. Those are the three guys, and then everybody else was yeah. like worst case scenario. Right? I know Aaron Donald was there. I get it. I understand. What I'm saying is that they had those three guys up on a board, and they said, "All right, one whoever's here, we're gonna take them." Yeah, you know what I mean. Justin Gilbert went eight. Anthony Barr went nine. Ebron went ten. You know what I mean. I I, I legitimately feel like that is what happened. Yeah. In this scenario, I do feel like it's a three guy race. I think it's Okuda, I think it's Simmons, and I think it's Derek Brown. In yeah. your opinion, on your draft board, who is the top prospect for you if you're Bob Quinn? Um, I would take... Um, I gotta think of who I want more. I don't want... Derek Brown is on the third yeah, for me. Yeah, me too. Like, me he's too. he's not there. Yep. Uh, I'm, 
I think it, I think it's a win-win almost yeah. either way. I mm-hmm. don't think there's really a loss with how because I think you do need that second linebacker to either because he's so versatile he can play anywhere. anywhere right. So like if you get an outside linebacker in free agency, then you could just put him in the middle or vice versa. So he's but you also really need a or second you just corner. like your linebackers. I've heard a lot of reports lines like their linebackers, yeah. which is I so know he's just a rotational say. linebacker. Right. Okay, even better. Right. Than just a playmaker. If you have five linebackers, that's yeah. fun too. Um, I would actually probably go Simmons only because I think with their defense, you can even put him at like a high safety and have him come down and play like a you know, strong safety position. You know who I liken him to a lot? Not from like the way he plays, but has athleticism is Jalen Smith. Yeah. Jalen Smith is fast. He's explosive. Even before the knee injury, right? At Notre Dame, he was fast. He was explosive. He could have been the first overall pick that year if he didn't blow out his knee. I like him a lot to that just with the athleticism. He's going to run... A 4-5-40, right? He's going to blow everything out the water. He's going to bench well. He's going to run well. He's going to do everything that you're going to want out of a prospect, right? Similar to guys like, I know Jerry Judy is going to run out of the gym. Okay. You know what I mean? You just feel like there's certain guys out there where you're just going to go, holy crap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I'm, I'm hard to, pre- to kind of disagree with you. It's all going to depend on what they do with Slay. Yeah. You know what I mean? In my mind, I think it's a 1A, 1B scenario. Yeah. I think Okuda is a little bit above just for me only because – and that's and that's coming from a guy who's very much like, man, cornerback to college or pro is a hard transition. Only because I don't know what's happening with Slay and because if Slay is gone, you have no cornerbacks. Like, yeah. zero. Well, that, <laughs> you know that's actually I mean? yeah. right. if you yeah. get to the draft and right. after free agency, right. you don't get, like, And also, or, yeah, so. and I think the Lions like their linebacking core. I think they like Tavai at yeah. the middle. I think they like Christian Jones for whatever reason. I think they like Devon Kennard. He's the only guy really who's able, able to generate consistent pressure consistently throughout the year. Yeah. Trey kind of came out at the end. So I think that in terms of need, I think cornerback – is a I think it's a linebacker, need, but, but I think how the Lions, best player available. I think the, how the Lions run their team though is I think Isaiah Simmons can play four positions. You're absolutely Okuda right. Can only play one. Yeah, I agree. You know yeah, I mean? no doubt. So like versatility wise, you can be like, okay, okay, we need mm-hmm. you here. Mm-hmm. Next week we need you at middle linebacker. Yep. Next time we need you at cover tight tackle. end. Yeah, we need you we cover, need tight, cover end. tight end. Yeah, like he can do all of that. Where Okuda's You're selling like, me hard, my yeah, kind of guy that I already love. <laughs> yeah, no, I do that often. Um, so yeah, I think Simmons is just higher based on yeah hybrid for sure, for sure, absolutely. I, I really hope he goes in the combine. I hope he kills it. I really yeah. do. I think he's gonna. I think he's a guy that no, not enough people are talking about. And I think I, at least on my radar and on your radar here on the show, I think that he is a guy that if you're not talking about him, you really need to start talking about him. All right, who's second round pick? Uh, our second round pick is uh, interesting. It's a wide receiver. Oh boy. Want to take a guess? Oh, no, I got it. There's so many that they could possibly take. Henry Ruggs III, wide receiver yep. out of Alabama. Done. Sold. Done. Because Ruggs is going to run a 4-3-40, and he's going to be fast. Put him in the slot. Let him go straight down the field. Yes. Every play. Done. Sold. Love it. Absolutely love that pick. Yes. I would be doing bad. If, if they were able to trade down, right, take Simmons, or if it's in this draft, right, if Simmons is gone, and they take Okuda, and then they go take Ruggs in the second round, Done. Sold. Yeah. Because even then, if you have an additional second for Miami or whatever, I am doing backflips on my couch. Yes. How many how many rounds is this, Mark, anyway? Oh, it goes seven. Okay, let's go third, and then let's move on to the okay. drone stuff. Um, so, in the third round, we take an offensive tackle out of Kansas. His name's Hakeem Adin... I don't know. Yeah, whatever. It's, it's really long. <laughs> um, I love how you went, like, one syllable, and then just went, ah, screw it. Yeah, it's... I mean, I don't want to do it wrong. So... <laughs> 
His name's Hakeem. He's <laughs> offensive tackle out of Kansas. Out of Kansas, huh? Yes. Yeah, see, I don't... He's the guy. Yeah. I, offensive line, I think, is going to be a need. I don't know what they're going to do with Glasgow, so that doesn't shock me necessarily, but I don't really know if I like taking guys out of Kansas. That's not... That's the biggest. It's not like I'd be. I'd feel better if it was Kansas State because at least they play other teams. Kansas, who do they play? They play the SEC. Don't I, they? Do they play the SEC? Is Kansas yeah. in the SEC? Yeah. No. Oh, or yeah. wait, let me check. Yeah. I got to fact check now because Rob's making me fact check myself. I just feel like yeah, but Kansas is terrible. Let's see. So they like they you know, are. Like, well, they're they're, they're, they're like, always like yeah. let's see SEC SEC. Except for that one year, they were really good. Uh, the one single season, it was like them and Missouri were like the top two teams for a while. It was uh, weird. Let me, let me look here. Go to the drawing all right, thing. All right. All right. <laughs> that's a, that's something for I offshore. Got, I, I gotta right. find them. Maybe okay. The ACC. They're not. Yeah, there you go. That might make sense. That's why. But anyway, all right. Les Miles is coaching there. Um, all right. Let's talk the Andre Drummond trade though. Okay. Great job as always with the Merck Zone mock draft. Um, but let's talk Andre Drummond. He is no longer a Detroit Piston. He's a Cleveland Cavalier as of a couple days ago. Um, it's. It was something that people felt maybe wasn't going to happen. There was reports even earlier on at the end of the trade deadline that he was probably staying, and then all of a sudden he's traded. He's traded for Brandon Knight, John Henson, and a 2022 second-round pick. So basically a ham sandwich, a pair of socks, and uh, My favorite pair of socks, and a, th- <laughs> and a throw at the dartboard, right? Um, and, and consequently, right, Andre Drummond has already decided to opt in to his his player option with Cleveland, basically saying, let's see what happens kind of thing. Um, but, Mike, just give me your overall thoughts on the trade. We had a lot of different rumors swirling around the team. Marcus Morris was a guy, or was Marquise Morris? Was, Marquise. Mar- Marquise Morris was one of the guys they thought maybe could go to a contender. Luke Kennard and going to the Suns possibly yes. could have been a thing. That fell apart. Derrick Rose, we talked about that on the show where he could have possibly gone somewhere. Um, Christian Wood was asked about by at least Boston, I know for a mm-hmm. fact. Um, so a lot of different guys, you know, I think even Langston Galloway could have been a guy. There was a contract buyout being thought of for Reggie Jackson. That hasn't happened yet. Um, a lot of different scenarios for the Pistons. Um, and yet the one domino to fall is Drummond going to Cleveland. Yeah. Thoughts on the trade? Um, I thought it was a good trade only because I, um, did not want him here anymore. <laughs> and my fear was that if he stayed, he would opt back in for another year. Right. And you would just be in more trouble than you would if you just got rid of him for nothing. Right. So I, I think this trade, you can't look at the trade going, wow, you didn't get anything for him. Right. And you can't really look at it like that. It's yeah. more of, we got rid of somebody that we didn't want anymore. Right. So I think it was like a good. It's like when you trade like a guy for a seventh round pick. Right. You're just trading him to yeah, like. Right. We and don't I want. want let's just anymore. see maybe if we can turn the seventh round pick into, into something. something. Right. We can mix it with a seventh and a third to get yeah. a, a guy or a right. second round or something. <laughs> right. But it's just one of those like we're just trading you. So, like, you can't opt back in with us. Because now he opted back in with Cleveland. Right. So now Cleveland has to deal with his $28 million contract. Right. And they can't sign anybody to do really anything. Yep. While the Pistons over here can maybe go find an avenue to get somebody. Right. And, 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 he, and, here is, and here's the thing, right? And now I've heard some people who are against the trade saying, well, they didn't get enough back. They didn't get any young asset available. And I agree with that, that... In, in the ideal world, right, that we could have found a guy or found a team that would have been like, all right, fine, we'll give you a first-round pick for Drummond. However, was never going to happen. Like Mike just said, $28 million this year, $28 million player option the next year, right? No one's going, even if he didn't opt in with Cleveland, why in the world would Cleveland or any other team trade away a, a future asset 
for a guy who may only be here for another couple months mm-hmm. or only a year and a half from now when he's going to cost me all this money. It's not going to happen. You know what I mean? And two, any contender that maybe wanted to trade for Drummond, guess what they don't have? Future assets, more than likely. Yeah. They're, they're all gone. Look at L.A. It's all in New Orleans right now. Yes. The Clippers, it's all in name a team. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's in it's in wherever. You know, it's in uh, Oklahoma City for yeah. the Paul George stuff. So you look at it and they go, the teams that are truly looking to win a championship right now aren't in the salary cap space available to give up $28 million worth of contracts to bring a guy like Drummond on. And they don't have the assets even to give you if you're the Pistons to go, all right, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. They don't have a young guy. They're always picking at the back end of the draft. They ain't getting nobody of any sort of relevance. You know what I mean? Um, and, and you're absolutely right. The opt-in thing, it's it's not so much about what he did for us. It's about what him leaving allows the team to do. And now, I mean, let's let's take a look at that too because this is the first time in a long time where the Pistons are going to go in with cap, with salary cap freedom a little bit. Right mm-hmm. now, what I'm not meaning to say is that they're going to go and sign Anthony Davis next year. That's not going to happen. They're in no way, shape, or form when Anthony Davis ever come to Detroit. It's not a thing. But two things. Number one, doing this move allows you to at least try. That's number one. You at least get the opportunity to go, hey, maybe we can offer something to you, mm-hmm. right? Whatever that may be. Number two, what it also allows the Pistons to do is it allows them to take on bad contracts. What I mean by that is, is that if you're a team like a Milwaukee or whoever that's trying to make a run and you need to get so-and-so's contract off your books because you want to trade for a superstar, you can. the Pistons can be that third team on that trade value where they take back a bad contract but you know what also comes along with that bad contract a first round pick Mm -hmm. and that's the part that i think that the pistons are setting themselves up for is allowing themselves to then get their own young asset by getting another throw and if they're going to be terrible then you're going to have your own first round pick which hopefully is a lottery pick if they keep losing along in future years to get other teams' first rounds back. So you're loading up on this young talent. You already made the mistake of kicking this can down the road by trading for Blake Griffin. It was a terrible decision. Just tried, Van Gundy tried to save his job. It was a bad time. But you're losing Reggie Jackson after this year, right? That's more money off the cap. You're no longer paying Josh Smith's stupid buyout thing that they did for $5 million. Langston Galloway might be gone next year. You might be saving some money there. Markeith Morris has a 3.3 player option. He may not opt in. There's a lot of cap to be had, and you got a lot of young guys getting a lot of time. Mm-hmm. You know, Christian Wood, you're going to see what Thon Maker is going to be like. You're going to see if Sekou can do something. You're going to see if Kennard is part of your future or not. Lots of flexibility. If you want the Pistons to be good at any time in the next five to ten years, then this needs to happen. Mm-hmm. You need to break it down. You need to stop. Because I think we both agree they're in purgatory yeah. right now. They're not good, but they weren't bad that, with, with Drummond, right? Yeah. A fully healthy team, I felt like, and I've been very vocal about this, I think they could have gotten a four or five seat in the East. I think they could have done that if, if they were all healthy. I really do. It may have been tough, but I think they had the potential to do it. But even with that being said, even if they win a playoff series, they're not beating Milwaukee, and they're not beating the 76ers, and they're not beating Boston. Mm-hmm. So and I don't really know if they beat Toronto either. Like there's there's some teams that they, they could. But my point being is that I felt like they could at least have made some sort of semblance mm-hmm. of a run. But their their ceiling was division round. You know yeah. what I mean? It was the first round, maybe semis. Yeah. So after that, you didn't have anything else, and you're not. There's no way you're beating the Lakers or the Clippers anyway. Yeah. So. In all that, right, you got to tear it down. 
and you're if you're going to do it, now is the time to do it. When you know there's four or five teams in the NBA that nobody else is even coming close to touching, now's the time. Break it down. You're not like Atlanta. You don't have that premier superstar guy you're trying to pair somebody with, with Trey Young. You're just you got a whole bunch of young dudes that you're trying to see what you have. If Christian Wood is a is a guy who's a baller, sign him. Done. For your deal. I'm all for it, right? If you like Sekou, cool. Kennard, cool, right? Let Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin keep you afloat for a little bit. As these young guys grow, I'm fine with it. You know what I mean? What are your thoughts on the trade here before we go off air? I mean, like I said, I liked it. Yeah. And um, I think they are in purgatory. Yeah. And it's going to be tough to get yeah. out of it. But I think... Yeah. Like I mean, yeah, I, it's right, and that's the thing, right? Is and, and that's the ideal, right? Yeah. Is that it's the Pistons? What are you gonna do? This is what they needed to do. Yeah, they needed just... to do something like this in order to kickstart something else. They're gonna be bad. They just lost the Knicks on Friday. I get it, all right. But with that being said, if they lose, that means they get a higher chance of a higher pick, which means they can go get a guy that yeah. maybe is a trans, yeah, is a transcendent talent, right? Yeah. Maybe they would get Lamelo Ball or whatever yeah, his name they is. Put, they put the ball, the one ball in that they're gonna yeah. get, and maybe they'll come out with that number one <laughs> overall pick. I think they're projected right now to have like the eighth pick sure. right now or yeah, something like that. Right. I think I saw in a mock draft they took a point guard out of North Carolina. But point um, being is that dog. yeah, right? Is the point is that you've got an opportunity now to do things to tear this down. And to rebuild it, yes. and to and to get out of salary cap hell that you've set yourselves up for in the past two regimes, whether it was Dumars or with uh, Van Gundy, they did it twice, mm-hmm. and they managed to kick themselves in the nuts twice yes. because of it. Now is the time where you go. Listen, you have the coach, right? I don't know if Stefanski is the answer, but at least you can say, hey, you know what? What if now we have an opportunity now? At least have flexibility, have an option to say, hey. There's a guy like Al Horford out there. Maybe we could have signed him. Yeah. But now you couldn't because of your salary cap problems. Now you can. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of it. So don't be upset. Embrace the tank. And let's let's do this the right way. The Wings are doing it the right way. They're mm-hmm. sucking. Yeah. Really, really bad. The Tigers suck really, really bad. They're all doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. But hopefully the next five years we're talking, man, Pistons, Eastern Conference Finals, where are we at? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It could be a thing. We don't know. It's it blow up in our so. face. LeBron's got to retire somewhere, right? <laughs> no, he just keeps He's going. keep going, I know. <laughs> anyway, all right. That's going to be it for this week's episode of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. Remember, once again, live every Monday, 7 a.m. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube show, as well as where you listen to your favorite podcast. We are there. Make sure to subscribe to us there. At, like I said, Monday, 7 a.m. Wednesdays, 7 a.m. is when the YouTube show goes live. For the Whale Man, for the Merc Zone, I'm the Muff Michigan, and we will see you guys, as always, next time.